Jalen, what's going on, my man? Glad to finally get you on. We got Jalen Bussey, starting running back at North Dakota State. How are we doing, baby? Doing good, man. Haven't seen you in a while, so it's good seeing you again. Yeah, it's been good, dude. It's been good. You're back home right now in Tampa? You're back home right now. That Chilling weather, how's that female. weather compared to North Dakota State? I mean, here, I enjoy it here all the time. You know, right now it's hot, but, uh, you know, I'm out here sweating. But, you know, North Dakota's cold. It snowed like three weeks ago. So, you no know, I'm way. glad to be up out of there. Yes, it's pretty bad. Yeah, but y'all, all y'all facilities are indoor though, right? Yep, yep. So we just got our indoor facility built. Um, you know, we would be practicing in like a bubble okay. for the longest. But yeah, they just built a indoor facility for us. And then we play in a dome, so yeah. What's that like? How's the dome? Talk to us about the dome life. Ooh. I've so I went to North Dakota my junior going into my senior year for uh high school wrestling nationals is in the dome. So they call it Fargo Nationals. And I didn't see it like be put to use like for a football game, but I've Yep. Seen it be put to use on TV multiple times. What's it like actually being there and playing in front of those crazy fans? Yeah, so that, that dome, it gets rocking, you know. Uh, that, that's really what I think got me to commit there for sure. Uh, the fans in that dome are crazy, you know, coming out to Thunderstruck, hearing 27,000 sold-out game every time. It's it's lit. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, so you talked about that being a big reason why you committed there. Were there any other, like, major factors that, like, drew you to North Dakota State? Uh, you know, I was recruited by uh, Coach Kleiman and them. Uh, they're now at K-State. So, actually, when I signed, they moved to K-State the next week. And so I was like, dang. But, uh, you know, they were a close-knit group. Uh and they really showed all the family values that, that I had and whatnot. They cared for me whatnot. But, you know, the community is great. And that's what I really was drawn to. Um, and, you know, now the community, they back, they support me a lot. Like, I'm kind of a big thing to them. But I don't like to say it, but, like, they mean a lot to me and I mean a lot to them. So that's what I appreciate about them. So one week after signing, you lost your coaching staff that recruited you? Yes. Yep. Holy shit, bro. What? Can you talk us through that a little bit? That's I've heard of like a year, like like we just had Bentley on. He was talking about like the transition with Tagger and Charlie, but even he had Tagger for a year. Like yeah. talking about a week, like the people that you just basically committed to left. Yeah, so it was it was kind of hard because you know I went up there uh, like in I think October maybe. And, you know, we had talked to them about it. I was like, all right, so do you guys plan on leaving anytime soon? They're like, no, no. And, you know, he didn't have the job offer at that point. So, I mean, of course, he was telling me he wasn't planning on leaving. And so then, like, the first signing day came. I think that's in, what, like, December or something yeah, like, like that? It's like middle of and December. And then, uh, yeah, and so I signed in the that December. And then, like, the next week, he got a job offer to K-State. And I was like, dang, well, I could at least possibly waited to the next signing day and like see if you guys would have gave their offer to K-State. I would have loved yeah. to go to K-State with y'all. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, that's why uh, everybody always talks about commit to a program, not coaches. And I think that's what really kind of helped me because I was still committed to the program. Even though the coaches were there, it was mm -hmm. good. And I was like, I messed with the coaches and but, you know, commit to a program. So. Oh, for sure. Did you did the whole staff leave or just, like, the head coach and some of his guys? Yeah, so it was the head coach, the running back coach, you know, That's Coach Messingham. Literally, he's like, supporting people for you. Yeah, and I was like, 
you know, we had had to talk the whole plan on what was going to happen. He was like, yeah, you're probably going to register your first year and you're going to become that guy after this guy leaves. And I was like, all right, bet. I was like, I like the plan. And so then he left. So him, a wide receiver coach, um, I think that was really about it. But so who stepped up to be the head coach? Was it someone that was on staff already? Yep. So they hired in 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 staff. It was the defense coordinator, Matt Entz. He's now the head coach. Um, and then the offense coordinator is now Tyler Roll. He was the fullbacks coach. And so yeah, we just added an O-line coach and uh, a wide receiver coach. How was that? Um, I guess adapting to that new coach like was the team environment still like structurally sound like how you thought it was when you got there was it like an adapting process to like getting used to the new head coach and whatnot yeah so I didn't really have much communication with the defense coordinator because I played offense so like when I got there it was kind of like that disconnect um Mm -hmm. for sure but uh you know everything was still on track because you know it's a player-led program so I think that's why you know we've won nine of the last 11 so um, that's probably why that tradition kept going was because it's a player like program, no matter who the coaches are. Yeah. I feel like, I also feel like with it being an in-staff hire, it kind of, it's just, you don't fix what's not broken. And they kind of just yeah. kept, like, I'm, I'm just saying from the outside, they just kind of keep going with the same thing, you know, yep. like, mm-hmm. obviously they're going to have the, their minor tweaks and fixes here and there. But like, like, for example, one of my best friends, Julian Ramirez, he wrestles at Cornell and they lost their head coach who was there for like 30 years, like, like super long time. And their assistant came up, and Julian's like, it's the same thing. Like, our practices are the same. Yeah. Recruitment's better because they have a younger coach. He's like, mm-hmm. besides that, he's like, we're not fixing what's not broken. Like, like we yep. have the same coaches. Everything's still the same. He's like, we're still the guys that wanted to wrestle for Cornell. And, like, he said, it just kept flowing. And I feel like you see that a lot with guys that, like, like leave Nick Saban. Like, they, you see, dude, like, I think there's eight coaches in college football right now that are former coaches under Nick Saban. And the reason for that is they just want to steal. They think he has, they know the ideas. Like even Kirby smart was under Nick Saban. Yep. Jimbo was under Nick Saban, all these guys. And you see it with success and you see it at North Dakota state. Cause I mean, I was just looking through the coaches. I mean, you had Craig bowl and Kilman, and now you have, you have uh Annette's as I say it. Yeah. And yep. yeah, so like, I mean, dude, in, in one decade, a little over a decade, you guys had three coaches and they all had success. Like it didn't, yeah. it wasn't like there was a derail or anything. So I'm assuming that that definitely benefited as well. For sure. Yeah. Now, when you were going, so let's, let's back up a little bit. When you were going through the recruitment process, uh, you weren't too highly touted. You know, you had some FCS offers, some FCS looks. You had some some smaller Division One looks, and then kind of like out of nowhere, NDSU just hit you up and threw you an offer. What was what happened there? What was that like? Yeah, so you know, going into that that junior year, I remember I tore my uh, LCL, hypersended my knee in a in the state track meet. So I wasn't able to play in the spring game. You know, that's when all the coaches come, come to the spring practices. Too, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, dang, like, I might not be able to get recruited how I want to be recruited because I didn't get to play spring football. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, NDSU, they were supposed to come to the track meet and everything. They come to the game. And I, I, I stopped communication. I was like, I just want to act like nothing happened. I don't want to tell them what happened. And so, you know, it, it – they ended up coming, them and Georgia Southern came the same day. And the Georgia Southern coach was like, yeah, are you going to practice today? And I didn't tell him I was hurt, whatever. I was like, well, no, I'm not really going to practice today because, you know, it's right before track. I'm not going to do nothing. And so he was like, well, if you practice, we'll give you the offer. And I was like, dang. So I'm out here. So I gotta practice. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, so I'm out here running through, running through the locker. I'm like walking back and forth. And I'm like, hey, I'm talking to – uh, J Mac, our head coach at TC, 
I'm like, bro, I got to practice. Like, I don't care how bad it looks. Just let me practice. We can act like I just got hurt in warmups or something. And like, just, I just need the offer. So I know I'm straight, you know? And he was like, nah, bro, don't do it. Whatever, whatever. So I ended up not practicing. Georgia Southern walks away from the practice. And so I'm just there in my TC uniform on the side. And I'm talking to the North Penn State coach. And he's like, yeah, so we'll, we'll offer you, even though you're – so he was asking me, like, what happened. So he was like, yeah, Did we'll they know you were injured, North Dakota State? Yeah, so I ended they, up they telling them – Georgia Southern. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I ended up telling them during, like, while I was just walking around, standing around, it was like we were, like, going in between, like, periods and whatnot. And I was like uh, – I'm going to go talk to him and tell him what's up. And so I told him, he was like, all right, it's all good. We'll just come see you like later. Like, we like you. We've seen you on film. Whatnot, so we'll just offer you still. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, bet. And so then they offered me, posted it. And then that's when everybody else started coming. But that's like a crazy story on how that happened. Yeah, it's very so you said, you said you got your injury from track. How much has track yeah. helped you with your football career up to this point, you think? I think it's helped me a lot. You know, being able to – work on my speed um you know I think that's helped with my form and whatnot um track it was something I've done since a young age uh so you know just being able and I think that's what separates me from a lot of other people up north and around the country is the speed that I have so I I think track has been very beneficial to my success and career now would you recommend like being a dual sport athlete in high school? Because, you know, I feel like there's a trend going on now where it's like kids are just trying to play football year round. And it's not even just football. I feel like it's, it's every yeah. sport. Um, at least from when I was younger to now, it's completely different. Like you, you very rarely hear about kids that are, that are trying to achieve success in two sports. Like, is that something you, you would recommend? Like if you were talking to a, a younger high school kid right now, would you what would you tell them about that? Yeah, I'm definitely telling them do, do, do as many sports as you can. You know, the most well-rounded people, Cause you're going to learn stuff from different sports. Like, you know, I, I, I played basketball, baseball. I mean, I didn't play them all in high school, but I did them all. And I think being well-rounded helps sell yourself to more schools. Like, all right, he can do this. He can do that. So that shows he can be an individual athlete. He's about his business. Well, he also played team sports. So he's a team teammate. He can do this, whatever. So I think that's what helps you. And that can help sell yourself to colleges and, you know, even to like potential NFL scouts if needed. Now, speaking on selling yourself, I see here you're, you're very good academically, MVFC uh, honor roll. What, was that something that helped you in the recruitment process as well as having good grades? Like, would you, would you preach that a lot? Because you hear about, I mean, at least I know a lot of kids in Florida that I grew up with playing that easily yeah. could have played at amazing schools and they were just failing freaking algebra. Like, yeah. I think, you know, that was something that my parents were kind of hard on me for was academics. I wasn't like, I never wanted to apply myself. So, you know, I, I could get by with a C and a B. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still passed. So I was like, all right, cool. But, you know, and then going to Tampa Catholic, it was like, I was already in college and high school. Like, the yeah. NDSU is way easier than Tam- Tampa Catholic. So I was like, you know, this is easy. And I was getting A's without even trying. And I was like, this has never happened before. And so I ended up getting those freaking honor roll and whatnot. I was like, oh, dang, this is cool. But, I mean, you know, it also helps. You know, I don't recommend it. But, you know, use Google, Chegg, pay for it. It works. It's do whatever there. you got to do to get those <laughs> Yeah. Especially in this freaking all Zoom era we live in, too, man. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. Now, speaking of that, due to COVID, you guys had a spring season. 
how was what was that like that was kind of came out of nowhere a little bit too they didn't really like it wasn't like planned it was just like oh we'll see what happens then out of nowhere it's like all right we'll next month like what what was was that process like it was crazy i'm talking about like players were getting mad at coaches for not telling us what was going on like we were up there i was ready to like really like tell a coach look i'm going home like I'm not – if you guys play, I'm going home because I, I've been up north. And, and COVID was messed up, you know, and came home. Uh, when was that? Like May. And I, I think I was there until all the way to, like, August. And then I ended up going back to school. Uh, we started doing workouts. And then they were like, yeah, I don't think we're going to play a see a fall season. I was like, all right, so if we're not going to play a fall season, I'm just going to go do school from home. So I was like, I'll do that. But then, you know, we got a call and a text. It was like, all right, guys, we're going to meet some coaches and some uh our ad is going to meet some schools about trying to play a few games in the fall and we're like okay so like are we going to play a season or not like nobody knew and so then it was like uh they met a few schools we ended up playing one game we played uh central arkansas i was like all right cool bet oh i actually remember this because that was trey lance trey lance's only game yep yeah we ended up playing central arkansas and i was like all right bet season's over i'm going home no, you guys can't go home yet. We don't know. We're trying to schedule uh, FCS talking about doing a spring season. I'm like, bro, what, what do you mean? Like, football isn't played in the spring. That's not what we do. Like, we do that in the South for, like, to get better. But, like, you're not going to play a whole season and then play another season back in the fall. And so it was, like, crazy. And it was, like, I got a call. I think I came home for maybe a week. And there was, like, yeah, we're going to have practice in a week and a half. So if you're home, you need to come back. And I was, like, bro, What? And so ended up, we had that season, started it up in January, and yeah, had that whole preseason. Spring season. How much, uh, like, preseason time did you have before the spring season? Like, did you guys even roll out any, like, I guess, game plans before? I mean, I know you have your week-to-week plans, but did you even have, yeah. like, that come up before then, or you just rolled straight into it? I think, um, so I think I was home in December, I mean, you know, that's when we got the call that we're about to have a season. Um, so I think that January and February was us. It might have started in February. I don't remember when exactly when the season started, but I think it, for sure that January was when we like we were getting into our, our fall camp. So, like, that's when we started working through what we were going to do, who we were going to play, all that stuff. So, yeah. I don't know how it was for you as a competitor, but as a fan, bro, I, I loved the spring season. Like I, we had barely had college football in the fall because all yep. the COVID stuff. And then I just, it was like, I was intrigued with FCS. I was following it like crazy. And like, I've always kept my eye on FCS. Cause like, I'm trying to broaden my horizon as well as I think it's just as fun to watch. And I think it's just, there's guys that are just as elite. But when that spring season hit, I was like religiously following. Like I was watching all yeah. the big games. Like I was keeping up with the rankings. I was keeping up with, even with the recruitment. Like it was really yep. cool. Like from a fan's point of view, it was awesome. It gave me year-round football, and I got to follow all of it, and the playoffs came. Like, I was a big fan of it. I was a huge fan of it. Yeah, so I think I, – I enjoyed it, too. I enjoyed the spring season. I, I actually was for the – somebody said it. There was, like, FBS in the fall, FCS in the spring. And I was like, all right, I messed that. Like, I'm cool with that. And, you know, and you were talking about seeing the FCS players. There's a bunch of dogs in the FCS. And yeah. I think we all play with a chip on our shoulder because we're not at the FBS level. Mm-hmm. And – it creates like real competition every week. And it's like, well, you know, you see FBS players, well, you're only watching their superstars that are about to get drafted. 
Well, you look at FCS, you see, oh, dang, he's really a dog. Oh, he's a dog, too, at cornerback number two. And, like, at that time, I was coming out of rotation, so it was like, dang, so our RB1, RB2, and RB3 are nice. Like, mm. you see in really how good everybody is. And I was like, yeah, so, like, really just – I tell everybody this all the time. FCS is full of dogs, and we we, gonna, we play like we got nothing to lose because we weren't picked to be at the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Auburns. Yeah. We were overlooked by them. So, you know, that's how we play, and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy FCS a lot. And I like the playoffs that we have. It's way better than the FBS. Way better. Anybody way can win. Better. Oh, yeah. Anybody can win. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. What, now, based on the structure, so I, you're going to know better. I'm just going to th- – I think it's 32 teams or is it – Yep. It's 32 and then the, the one seed from each pool gets a bye to the, the first round, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then in – in, in, what's it called? In uh, FBS, it's four teams. Like Four teams. And, and the thing is, now, listen, it's not always perfect, though. Like, for example, like Jackson State not making it to the playoffs this year made absolutely no sense. And, like, there's, yeah. a, there's occasional times where it's like that doesn't make any sense. But for the most part, it's fun, bro. Like, if you've never kept up with FCS playoffs, it is very fun to watch. It is extremely fun yeah. to watch. Now, do you like I, I like it, too? Because it, like, brings back that high school, like, memory a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Yes. It's like – because it's like really – it's like a football March Madness, like – you could have a freaking six seed upset of three seed. Yeah. And it's like, well, that just happened. And, and now it's like, well, how does the rest of the bracket going to play out? Cause now we've got who you thought that you were going to play. Now you got to play this and you're worried about a whole different scheme because they're coming from a different conference. They play different type of football down there. And it's like, well, now you got a game plan. So it really shows like who can adjust, who's really going to play hard and whatnot. So I just enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, people complain about it in the FBS because they're like, oh, well, we already know like the top four teams. Like, that's why we keep it that small. Because like, obviously, you know, you put like Alabama against like Cincinnati. Like, obviously, people are like, I don't like that comparison. Okay, but hear me out. Like, the normal fan would say like Alabama would win. But like, Cincinnati did better against Alabama than Michigan did against Georgia by a mile. By a mile. Yeah. I know. I know, but like at the same time, like <laughs> it's Alabama dog. Like, are you like, yeah, you have your hopes, like you have your optimisms looking at like some teams, like obviously, like looking at UCF over the years, uh, and Cincinnati, like they're your underdog teams, they're who you want to yeah. win. But in yeah. but in the FCS, like all all teams that make the playoffs are competitive. Like there's no guarantee, like, especially coming from MD- NDSU, like you guys have your legacy like you guys have proven you make your yeah. playoff runs you'll bring in your natties so like you're given to make it deep but you're not given to win it every year yep. so i mean mm-hmm. i feel like that's what makes it a lot more i guess interesting from a fan's point of view because i mean nca you're literally just waiting or fbs i mean you're waiting just for the national yeah. championship you don't really care about the, the thing i like about it too zach like I, like what you're saying is this is the issue with with fbs playoffs is that they don't have a strict like like this is what it's not this is what I hate. This is what I hate. They say, oh, you have to you have to prove like you're worth the going, right? But then you'll get a team like Cincinnati, who beats Notre Dame at home. They they went out their schedule. They beat an Indiana team who was preseason ranked in the top 15. Like they did everything to their power they could do. And then people are like, well, they would lose head on to this two-loss Auburn team. But it's like, but that's not how the that's not how the criteria works. It's not about who would win head on. It's it's based on what you have. Can you do that? And the it makes for so many arguments of who should be in and who shouldn't and this and that versus the FCS. It's like, you prove yourself. Let's see what you can do. 
You know what yeah. I mean? I, it makes it way more fair, and it makes it makes it makes the team have more control. You're more in control of your of your destiny, if that makes sense. Yep, and I think that's why right now everybody's talking about well, move up to FBS. Well, I don't think we're gonna move up until the FBS adopts that playoff system because mm-hmm. there's no way. Like our fans, we play for championships. That's what they want to be playing for. We don't want to play for no conference championship in the Mountain West. Like that's yeah. not what we want to do. We want to play for national championship. We want to be the best. And so I think until the FBS probably adopts that, that you know, 16-team playoff or something, there's no way I don't think NDSU moves up. Now let's talk about that real quick. So I've been – obviously there's always, um, always speculation on North Dakota State's moving up, North Dakota State's moving up, this and that. So what, what – like, so what is, you, like, your opinion on that? You know, like – and, like, I'm trying to pull it up right now. But, I mean, you guys have been – top 10 top 15 fbs teams multiple times yeah um, i'm trying to i'm trying to pull them up so where's one so yeah um i mean you guys beat number 13 iowa at iowa at, at iowa yeah. four years ago um you guys beat you guys have beat in numerous like numerous occasions this has happened i, I can't find them all the iowa state who was ranked a couple years ago um i mean like yep. it's kansas state like you guys regularly do this you know colorado state like so it's not like well, if you think, if you think about it, if you guys got put in the FBS right now, you know, with the dynasty you have, with everything you have, how do you think? How do you see you guys staying in with everyone right now? Like, how would, where would you put you guys at? You know, based on rankings or like based on like pecking order, who would you relate your team to? Stuff like that. You know, uh, you know, because of our location, I think we probably put in the Mountain West. I see that, yeah. Or but, you know, maybe I, Mac, but I don't. I think that's maybe Mac, yeah. So I think we'd be put there but I don't think that'd be the best spot for us you know I see us as a big 10 big 12 team mm-hmm. with that level of competition uh you know I'd like to compare ourselves to I say we're a better a better Nebraska yeah, maybe. I can see that no I can see that 100%. Nebraska's kind of bad but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so but you know I think every season you see we yeah, hype. Yeah, so I think you know, I if we get put in the FBS, I think you're gonna see immediate success. You're gonna see the transition. And, you know, there's a transition phase where you can't make the playoffs. Sweat and I, I don't know how it works, but I think it's two years. Uh, I think it's two years. Yeah. So, but I think we'd still have a winning record, and they'd be like, "Well, dang, North Dakota State should be in the playoffs this year as their first year." Well, you can't because of the rules, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I'd still see us finishing like top, top ten. I think we'd probably be better than that, but just to lowball ourselves, I'm gonna say top ten. And you know, I think we we'd show that we've been should have been there, but you know, it is what it is. So this is what yeah. I've read on it. Sorry, Zach. This is what I've read on it. I've read that um, one of the biggest issues is location. Is that you yeah. guys are like a certain thousand miles away from the closest FBS school, so it would be like a lot of money, and it'd be like kind of like an inconvenience for you guys to have to travel that far make other teams travel that far for every single game. And the other thing is too, is um, like, like, like a school like North Dakota state, you guys don't have a pro football team anywhere near you whatsoever. So yep. being like where you guys are at and, and even rocking and running the FCS, like it attracts the whole community because you guys are their NFL. Yeah. You guys are their pro team. Um, when it comes to conference, I think you would have more realistic possibility of maybe going may. Uh, so you guys are in such a weird location. Cause you can go Mac you go at Mountain West, you go Big Ten, or you could even go Pac-12 and it wouldn't be too much of a reach. You yeah. know, I just I just feel like your style of play relates more to the Big Ten than it does to the Pac-12. 
But the other factor is, say you do go and transition to FBS, it's going to get you even better players because now you have more, you have something that's more to, for these kids. Now they're playing FBS football instead of FCS, you know, like, and you guys still get very talented athletes. You get guys drafted every single year. You have two okay. first round quarterbacks, you know, so that's not, a, that's not an issue. But um, what I'm saying is if you make that jump, yeah, you might be a little bit behind that first year with recruitment and like other things, but it's going to naturally just fall into place and you success works, bro. What you guys do works and I don't see it not working at the next level. Yeah, I think also, yeah. you know, um, you said us being far, you know, the closest FBS team to us is University of Minnesota uh, and Minneapolis. And, you know, I think because we're North Dakota, you get – there's more uh, – where are they? The Gophers, Golden Gopher fans because we're close to their city. And so I think we'd have to get a new stadium too because we're already attracting everybody from our community and now we're bringing in another – big time fan base. So I think we'd have to expand our, our dome and that would have to take some more years along with it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. So based off what I found, you guys have six straight wins against FBS teams and all those wins have come on the road. The reason why I asked this is because um, when you've played, have you played against an FBS opponent yet? Like you yourself? I have, I have not. So we play Arizona this upcoming season. Yeah. I just saw but yeah. But y'all are going to mob okay. Arizona, bro. Yeah. Yeah. They're talking trash ask, already. They're so bad. Really? Yeah. Yo, real Damn. quick, before I interrupt, I'm sorry, Zach, I'm going to let you go, but real quick. No, go they for it. They were so ass this season that during the season, like in the middle of the season, they had open, open tryouts, tryouts for their school. Open tryouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're talking. And this isn't like any school. This is a Power 5 program. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually you hear that from, like, an NAI basketball school yeah, like going yeah. into, like, their postseason marks. It's like, oh, yeah, we had to suspend two of our players for, like, issues. Like, we need uh, pretty much anyone. So they get, like, yeah. a dude from stats class. But uh, what I was going to ask about the stadium. So you – I know you think NDSU is rocking with your dome, but how would you think your uh, environments compare to, like, the top FBS schools? Like, do you think yours, like, ranks pretty high up there? I think we're – yeah, I think we're pretty – high up there uh you know i actually saw something like before i committed it was like the top like tailgating areas during football season i think ndsu was number five on that list mm -hmm. with the fbs schools and i was like well of course you know penn state was like number one or somewhere yeah. up there and i was like well see we're not far behind them so yeah, yeah. What, what is it what is a game day like there so like obviously one thing i love that college game day does they do one big fcs game every year and it's 99.9% yep. .9 of the time at North Dakota State. But it's it's always really cool to see what it's like. Like, what what it, what is it like with a game day there, you know, with the, the small town and everything? Like, what give us a rundown of what, like, a big game day at, at NDSU is like. Yeah, so big game day, I'm going to give you our SDSU, you know, the South Dakota State, our rivals. So, um, you know, I'm going to give you – say it's a cold game. So, so say we're out there, it's like November, it's snowing. We've got the, the tailgating lot. To the, to the left side of the dome, uh, the west side. And, you know, that's where you got all the trailers, all the, the, uh, the RVs, the, the grills, everything's going on. And say it's probably 14 degrees outside, you've got Bison fans out there with no shirts on. And, you know, and this is where, this is the same side of the dome that the opposing team has to drive through to get to, to, get to the dome. So they're seeing all these crazy fanatics, like, what are you, like, why it's 14 degrees? And I mean, 
we've had games where it's negative sometimes. I think like this past year, there was like negative five or something. We played, uh, I don't remember who we played, but they were out there still. And, you know, we drive past them too, like on our way at like eight in the morning, somewhere around there. And they're still, they start like, I go out there on Friday nights for our, uh, our like pregame stuff at the dome. They're already started Friday night, you know, and it's like, well, they, they back us. And so, you know, their support is what, creates our success you know that dome gets loud and I think that's what gives us our unfair home advantage but yeah is it is it too is I'm assuming it's like like everything shuts down that day like all the restaurants are closed like everything and like they're just like it's game day like everyone's there yes yeah it's so awesome dude that is electric I mean dude anyone doesn't know just look google or youtube like one of their home games it's electric but what's cool about your dome is it doesn't go out it goes up it's like yes. the seat rise up. It doesn't go out. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what, so it's, it, it gets pretty high. I don't know the reason for it, but, uh, you know, I just know seeing it, I mean, the lights only show so much. So I can only see, like, that that first section around, like, when you're on the field. But it, it goes up pretty high, and you just see green and gold around the whole stadium. That's so awesome, dude. So how do you go from being a Florida boy in the heat all year to a place where it's negative five degrees. And did you ever see snow before you went to NDSU? Because I had never seen snow until I went to North Carolina for college. I still never yeah. seen snow. I mean, I think, I believe snow is overrated. I hate it. <laughs> um, everybody who talks about snow is not that special. But uh, I mean, I feel like North Carolina snow, I could deal with that. But the NDSU snow in North Dakota, it's it's ridiculous. I'm talking about, I remember we were there my first year in 2019. Uh, they're over like Thanksgiving break. And I think we got about a good 13 inches of snow. And oh, it was terrible. Negative 37 outside. And I'm like, bro, it's hot right now. I don't know what the temperature is right now today. It's probably like 90, maybe not. It's probably like 80. But it feels 100 to me. I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that negative 37, it doesn't feel good. Like, I didn't – there was a time period I didn't go to class for a couple weeks. And my <laughs> coaches were on me. And I'm like, Coach, I am not going outside of that. And, you know. Yeah, dude, that, so, yeah. How was it was, – was there, like, a big culture change? So, I've been there, and it's a very rural area, you know. It's like – it's not – there's not yeah. – like, when you first get there, it's the school, a couple hotels and restaurants, and then nothing for a good yep. week. So was that something minute. you had to get used to or, and, and my other question with that too is, was, do you think that that helps your play in football? Cause it, there's less distractions. Yeah. So it's definitely something I had to get used to, uh, you know, coming from a big city, there's stuff to do everywhere here. In yeah. And, and I think, you know, in high school, I used to go out a lot. And so, you know, I was, I enjoy going downtown, taking late night drives, whatnot. You can't do that in North Dakota because mm-hmm. it's like, where are you going to drive? The next exit is in another 35 miles. So yeah. like, I'm not going to be wasting gas doing all that, but you know, um, the people are very welcoming. So they, they all welcomed everybody in and it was good. They're all friendly. Um, but yeah, so it is less distractions. Um, you do get to focus on what we're doing. So like this, this summer, I'm about to go back in like next week or something. And there's nobody there. It's a dead campus. And that's when we literally focus and grind on football because there's nobody there. What are you going to do? I mean, we spend most of our time with our teammates and that's helping our team bonding. So that's good. And, you know, I, I think that's what's helped us and helps me be successful up there. Yeah, I'm a big believer of 
like, and you hear it all the time, but like, I personally am a big believer of like surround yourself with the people on the same mission as you kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's why you don't see success at Miami schools or LA schools or Vegas schools. And I understand you can be disciplined, bro. And like, you could like, you could work your ass off and be focused, but when you have nothing else but your sport, like it makes or breaks your love for the sport. Either you fall head over heels in love with it and you want to do it more or you break. And then you get a community like you guys that are used to winning and that have it down. It's like, there's no distractions and you're able to just to suit up. I mean, and look at, look at you guys, look at Alabama, look at, look at uh, Giannis talks about it, playing into the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, yeah. yeah, obviously you still want to be able to have a social life and do stuff. And you still can do that at NDSU. Like it's a big college. Like there's a lot of people there. Like you can still have a good life, but at the same time, when it's, it's season, it's time to buckle down. It's not that it's a lot easier for you to, you know, buckle down and focus. And that's what something Bentley was talking to us about too, as well. Going from yeah. New to Nevada. And he's like, it's a nice, it's, it's calm and it's cool to have a nice calm. Yeah. No, but that's one reason oh. why I wanted, I, I want, I'm sorry. Like, that's one reason why, like when I'm down here, I'm not as, all my shit as I am when I'm in Tampa, you know? And like, I still, yeah. I'm still all my shit. Like I'm still training. I'm still doing everything, but it's just different. It's different. Yeah. So Jalen, I want to ask you, did you ever get homesick at all when you first went to NDSU? Cause I know when I went to college away from home, like coming out of high school, like the initial thought is like, Oh, I can't wait to wait to get away from family. Like just have my own alone time. But then once I got a good distance away, like, I, it started to take a toll on me. Like I was like, I kind of need like my supporting figures around me. Like, what was that like yep. for you going so far away? So, you know, we've got a good Tampa, Florida connection between here and North Dakota state. So I don't think needing the support wasn't as bad because I could find, I could talk to somebody who was also there with me or older guys like Christian Watson, who had already been through it and yeah. see what Mathis. he did to get through it. Yeah. Zach Mathis. Yeah. Yeah. So, being able to talk to them to help me, like, how'd you guys get through this? Because I know they weren't able to get home. I know, but yes, I did get homesick. I don't think it was more from, like, my parents. I think it was more from, like, the weather. Like, I missed the heat, the the sweating and, you know, all that. But, like, you know, so just being able to talk to my teammates who were also from this area, I think that helps me. No, yeah, that definitely would be something that would, that would help. You know, that, Joel, you guys are both going through the same thing. Yeah. So uh, when you went to NDSU, you were fully committed on being a running back because you played multiple positions at TC. Like they moved you around a lot, but was that yeah. like, all right, I'm going to play running back in college. Yeah. So, you know, I've always really felt like I've been a running back. You know, I've modeled my game after LaDainian Tomlinson since I was little. And, you know, I felt like running backs where I needed to be. So going to TC, playing running back, and then us being kind of like, low at the depth position of uh, wide receiver. I had to move to slot receiver for a little bit. I was like, yeah, I like it. It's cool. I can still make plays, but I felt like I was still supposed to be a running back. So being able to play running back, and I still do play slot at uh, NDSU, you know, because that helps me open up the offense more because, you know, you got to defend me in the slot and at running back. So, you know, I think that's what makes us versatile and uh, dynamic. So being able to do both has helped. So I I do appreciate TC for – re-branching me out to do some slot receiver yeah that's what I, that's another thing i wanted to touch on real quick do you think tc was like a, a great fit for you like was that where you wanted to go like what because we were talking to bentley about the same thing like was yeah was tc like the option you wanted to go to and also like are you glad you chose that like was it good for your recruitment like did it help you play or like developmental and everything 
yeah, so TC was not my first choice. You know, I, I you know, going to a Catholic school, I was like, actually, my first choice was actually Jesuit. I remember going to the camp with you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, I, I, I'd rather be here with these guys, you know, besides the fact that it was all boys. But uh, <laughs> no, that, that, that is definitely a factor, though. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Like, I've got Grayson. Uh, who else was there? There was, uh, can't think of like his name. But, we had like, yeah, boys, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's crazy because Dane was all for TC and I was all for Jesuit. And I was like, you know, we ended up switching roles. But, yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. TC was good. You know, um, it wasn't my first choice. Like I said, I wanted to go to like some public school like Riverview or mm-hmm. Leonard. You know, that's where my friends had went. And, you know, thinking back on it, like looking at it, you know, you had Bentley on here. Bentley was a guy who set the standard for me, like okay. him going to college that's what made me realize that, hey, this is what TC does. We put guys in college. Whereas if I would have went to Leonard or Riverview, there's no – who can you tell me from there has gone to a big college for real? Like, yeah. it's now showing up. There's a few every once in a while, but TC did it. We had Devin, Darius. Nate Craig. Nate Craig. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was like you can see, and there's people from, like, our coaches, like Jairus, he went to TC – and seeing that there was a lineage of people who ended up going to college from there, it wasn't something I realized until I got to probably my junior or senior year there. And I was like, all right, so this is a place where I can be at and it's going to prepare me for the next level for football wise. So it did help with the recruitment because college coaches and talking to my coaches now, they want to go to the private schools more than the public schools Mm -hmm. because they feel like they're better and well-rounded and you're going to get a better player or person out of those schools so I do appreciate TC and I it was the right fit for me yeah and do you think like also like competing against guys in practice like Bentley and Devin and, and Nate Craig and all those guys you know you had Noah Carlson for a little bit you had uh, Darius you know you had Marion Brown for a little bit like you guys had an yeah. extremely talented roster like was were you trying to like learn under them like were there any guys like like Bentley and other guys like that that like kind of helped you yeah. And like, you know, help guide you and like make you decisions. And like, you're like, you know, I'm not going to do this. I want to do that. Like, like kind of like mentor yeah. you a little. Yeah. So, you know, I got there, Devin Bentley and Darius. So they were like a, a good trio. They were there when I came in as a freshman, they were juniors. And I hung out with them the most. I didn't even really hang out with my class that much. I was hanging out with them. And I think it was because they saw something in me possibly, you know, I was, I was a smaller back. So like when I first got there, they probably thought I was just some little scrub. Mm-hmm. And I remember that first practice, it was like I made a name for myself that first practice. And that's when, like, they all started like, oh, okay, like, he's cool. And so being behind Devin taught me how to practice. And I was like, all right. So when Devin's senior year came and then he ended up leaving, I was like, all right. So now I'm the back here. And now I'm over here as a sophomore, junior. I'm leading this just like Devin was. And, you know, Bentley, Bentley was – he talked numerous talks with Bentley all the time and so you know he was telling me what to do what not to do how to operate you know the the TC females like don't don't mess with them because they're trying to get you trapped (laughs) whatnot (laughs) you know and so that's it's good advice though it's good advice yeah so I I appreciate Bentley and them a lot so they they really show me the ropes and whatnot yeah, Bentley's a great role model, and I, I and I feel like something that made a like you guys are both a little undersized, quote unquote undersized, and that yeah. might have been something that helped connect you guys as well. Yep. Yes, for sure. So when you talk about all the success around you, even in high school, and even more so college now, 
guys getting drafted at NDSU, how does that success around you help focus on yourself or how does that help, like, I guess, inspire you to like get to that next step in your life? I think the same thing, how it was at TC, it showed how attainable it was. So being at NDSU, seeing my guy, Christian Watson, who's been my guy since I've stepped on campus, mm-hmm. seeing Trey Lance, who I was close with too, seeing them get drafted, it shows how attainable. And I mean, we have, numerous numerous guys in the NFL like they might not have been drafted they might have been drafted like seventh round or signed but we've got guys in the league and it shows how attainable the league is and how close you are to being there and I think also learning from them it showed a lot and taught me a lot you know just being there no no like I like I want to piggyback off that a little bit when you're talking about like the attainable and kind of making it like like it's a reality it's not a dream anymore you know yeah Yes. And one thing, one reason we like started this podcast was kind of like on the same basis. Like, you know, there's like this stigma of like athletes, like basically we wanted, we wanted to start this and show that like athletes are people too. And like guys like you and guys like Bentley and all these other guys we get on, like Elijah Higgins, like all these other top Dane, you know, that you can relate to them and, you know, and they're just like normal everyday people. Also, they watch the same Netflix shows, do the same thing. And I feel like when you can, from a success point of view, when you can see all these people that you admire and you look up to or that are doing what you want to do it, and you realize that they're a lot more similar to yourself than you think, it makes you realize that you can go and achieve those things too. And that's one thing I love that we've been doing this with, with over a little over a year with this podcast. It's like, it's awesome seeing all these guys like you and all these other people I'm friends with having all this success. And it's like, I, I'm doing the same things they're doing. Like I can, I can go out and achieve the same thing. And it, it, it really helps give you a confidence a little, you know, it helps. So it, it puts it in reality. It makes the dream go away. And like, I can actually attain this. Yes. You know, that's something I, I like. Yep, I, yep, I agree hundred percent. Now let's say yeah. NDSU was off the table. Was there anything else, any other schools you were like really showing interest to, or you kind of, you kind of bit on them when that happened? I think, uh, you know, NDSU was the first one to pull the trigger on me. And, you know, and I think that's what a lot of offer, schools. Like offer, offer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, so that's it, a freaking I, amazing first offer, though. Holy shit! It was, and you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, I got the offer, and I was like, I don't know nothing about this school. It's in North Dakota. I was like, yeah, whatever. So I kind of overlooked it, but then that's when other schools started coming in, and every time another school offered me, they were like, well, where do you stand with NDSU? And I was like, well, why do y'all care so much about NDSU? So I started doing more research, and then it showed that. uh that uh, NDSU was like really like that. And so I was like, all right, cool. I can do that. So, you know, I was also looking at Rhode Island. Um, that was another school I was going to pretty good school as well. But if I wanted to stay at home, I was really looking at, yeah, Stetson. And, you know, Eastern Kentucky, that was also another one that was kind of up there because they were FBS. And I was like, you know, I can – or no, they weren't FBS. They're moving Western up. Kentucky, uh, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is yeah, the one I was looking at. So, yeah. from your player – player bio at NDSU right now you're majoring in uh, sports management so did you know you wanted to do that before you got to NDSU or you kind of like figured that out once you got there and what do you plan on using with that so coming out of high school I was big I wanted to be a big like physical therapist sweat night and then I got to school and I was looking at everything and how long it took and I thought physical therapy fuck science for eight years bro I'm not trying to do that shit so I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I was like, well, I want to still be around sports. And that was the first thing that's the first word in the sports management. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll just do that. I don't really know what it is. But now that I've done my research on it and seeing what it all entails, you know, sports marketing, 
you know, branding and all that stuff. That's something I can see myself doing, you know, running a social media page for a college team or something like promoting, getting guys to Bucks games or something. It's something that I would do. And so I think that's something that I'm glad I picked it. Now, speaking of branding and marketing, let's, let's talk, let's touch on the NILs a little. What, what do you think about all that that's going on and, and has, has that affected you or any of your teammates so far? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got, few NIL deals I've got some um yeah I think it's really good for the game mainly because I want to play NCAA again but um (laughs) yeah please bring it back but you know I think it's it's worked out um you know I'm hearing like you know uh Deion Sanders and Nick Saban going at it now about their schools I'm like man it's not even really about that really like I'm broke I'll take the money so (laughs) You know. I think I think the thing with the whole Nick Saban and Jimbo and, and Dion thing, I think what it is is that Saban was was getting away with with what he was doing for so long, and now other people can do it like legally, and yeah. he's not able to do it, and he's like kind of he's low key shit in his pants. I don't think, but listen, listen, I don't think Jimbo Fisher is going to beat. Um, I don't think Jimbo's beating Nick Saban anytime. Like, like, it, like, I don't think he's winning an SC championship anytime soon. I don't think he's winning an Addy anytime soon. But he's stealing his yeah. recruits. And Nick Saban's yeah. not. Nick Saban's used to. If I give you this offer and we tell you we want you, you come. And now it's yeah. not happening. I don't think it's going to affect their dynasty that much. But I just think it's kind of pissing them off a little. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It is, so, it is becoming a free agency though, which I'm not a fan of personally. Yeah. yeah. Jalen, you brought up NCAA. So I have a question. How good do you think you are at NCAA? And if you were to put yourself in NCAA, what overall would you give yourself? So when I had the game, I was pretty good. Um, I think right now I wouldn't be very good at it. But, you know, if I was in the game, I'm giving myself, you know, I think that's what NCAA would probably you know, you got to have the – Wait, go back to – You froze up real quick. Say that one more time. It's got to be. Elusiveness has got to be there, too. Jalen, you froze up for a second. What was your rating? Oh, no. Say that again? You froze up. What was your rating? I, I would rate my can, – can you hear me? Yeah, it's a little blurry. Oh, you're good. Yeah, I'd probably rate myself like a, a high 85. Okay. Yeah, you're probably in the game, that. dude. If you yeah. if we if we look at the updated rosters, you're definitely in the game. If we, yeah, I hope so. You know, I I, I think I'm probably lowballing myself here, with the 85 rate. But you know, it's got to be a high 90s speed and a high 90s elusiveness. So, oh, I like that the elusiveness. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. So um, one thing Zach sent me the other day, or I think it was yesterday on Twitter. So I want to go back and talk about the dominance of FCS and uh, and um, North Dakota State. So he sent me this thing as Alabama versus North Dakota State since 2011. Okay, listen to this. Both schools have two round first round quarterbacks. Alabama has five nineties. NDSU has nine. Overall record: Alabama was 140 and 14, with you guys being 149 and 12. And Alabama's five and three in championship games, and you guys are nine and zero. You know, so when it comes, when is the, do you guys ever get like I'm not not like butthurt, but like uh, I mean I'm you guys get a lot of shit on you for being FCS, but your domination yeah. and everything shows it. 
what, how is that something, was that something you had to get used to? Or like, how do you guys handle when, when stuff like that comes pops up? Cause all these comments are just so, shitting on North Dakota state. Yeah. It, it happens a lot, you know, and uh, it's coming now from, from Arizona fans. Well, if you guys are so good, just move up. But you know, we don't, like I've said before, we don't want to move up to play for a conference championship. That's not what we want to do. We want to play for national championships. And so the winner of the mountain West goes and plays for the hula bowl or something. That's not what we want. Yeah. We wanna, yeah like that's stupid. So, you know, I think it's something that we get used to, but we don't buy into the hype. Like if y'all want us to move up so bad, then freaking provide the stuff for us to move yeah. up. And I think until that happens, like I said, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, us getting shit on a lot. It, it is what it is. Like we're great. We, we have the facts. We've got the titles so you can compare yourself to us if you want, but we've got the, the proof right here in the product. Now, how was it being at that first national championship game? What was that like? First national championship game was crazy. Uh, I mean, we ran out that tunnel. Um, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I actually didn't, I didn't even get the dress for that one. Cause I broke my pinky. Um, in practice a few months before and I wasn't cleared to play yet but it was a game and I was like it hurt not being able to play in it because I could have had a role in it Mm -hmm. at some point in the game but um you know I still haven't played the national championship but that feeling of winning it like all that preparation from fall camp all the way through it's a long season like we play forever and it felt satisfying to finally get something as reward like all that hard work paid off and Mm -hmm. same with last year like um we won last year you know I was hurt again tore ligament in my foot so I missed the whole playoffs because that happened second round playoffs and so you know it just felt good that all that work that we had put in before all those long dog days in the summer the long season it feels good to be up on that stage seeing the confetti fall yeah, and, like, I'll, I'll, I want to piggyback off that, too. Like, just because you didn't play in the game doesn't mean you didn't have a role in the game. Yeah. Like, when I was a Jesuit, we were, we were supposed to win a state title in wrestling my sophomore year. Shit happens. It didn't happen. But our head coach was like, J- even the JV kids are getting a ring because they're the ones helping you get better in practice every single day. You know, like, yeah, you might not have played in the actual game, and they might not have actually wrestled in the state tournament, but I would have never been as good as I was if it wasn't for those those guys below me that were pushing me, even the depth chart guys that were pushing me, you know? And that's yep. the shit that wins you championships. The game time is supposed to be what's given. It's the shit you're doing before the game, you know, so that you're still a factor in that game, one million percent. Yeah, and I think, you know, we take pride in our scout teams. Like, we give out scout team awards. You're recognized every every single week for who who did the best on scout team. And it just shows that you might be an incoming freshman. You might be a freshman now, sophomore. You're not getting reps with the ones or whatnot, but you're still a part of this team and your reps are valued. Like you have a part in the team and what you're doing, we appreciate it. And I think that's what continues to put us on top and ahead. Yeah. My dad always used to say, you're only as good as your weakest link. You know, it's not about who who your best person is. It's about who's your worst. And if your worst is good, that's a scary team. Yeah. So you've talked about, I know you had an injury in high school from track. You had the pinky injury and then you're coming off this ankle injury. How do you bounce back from each injury? Like what's kind of like your mental headspace like, and how do you like keep yourself driving towards uh, getting back to hundred percent? Yeah. How do you handle that? Uh, yeah. So it's kind of, it's tough at first, you know, 
high school injury was different because I thought I wasn't going to have a future in football after that. So that one was different. The pinky injury that freshman year was like, dang, like I was producing, you know, I just came off my first game. Like I think it was a week before uh, two touchdowns on two carries. And I was like, yeah, so like I'm showing y'all that I can do this. And then that following week I get hurt. It's like, well, now, now what? And then this, this, previous foot uh ankle injury that I just had you know that one hurt because it was we're in the playoffs I'm a featured back I'm putting in good amounts of time for the team and like whenever like we need an electric play like from the backfield it's something that I was producing and I was like all right I get hurt and I'm like wow and it kind of threw me off a little bit but it, it, I was in a better headspace from this injury than I was from all the previous ones because I knew that I had guys behind me that we're going to pick up every single rep and everything that I was doing, there's going to be somebody that could also produce that. And so I was like, all right, we're fine as a team. And they're going to give me time to rehab and get back. And I know they're going to get the job done. They're going to finish whatever we started. I mean, at that point, we weren't looking at championship. We're just trying to win and continue to win so we can get to the championship. But, you know, just being able to have guys rely on, it helps me a lot because then I'm able to focus on, my rehab, getting better, and being prepared for next season. Yeah, so when when you're at North Dakota State, you got a lot on your plate, like a lot of expectations, you know, you wanting to play in the NFL, you guys winning a national championship every year. How are you guys able to, to buckle down and focus up? And, like, what what really goes through, like, yourself and your team when it comes to, like, all on your plate, like able to just focus, not on just jumping to the national championship automatically? Yeah. So, you know, it's crazy because – you know, you got guys like Christian Watson. He's a big player. And there's not a single time I think I was there where we had a conversation about the NFL. We didn't care about that. We knew if it comes, it comes. But we're focused on right now. And that's our, our motto right now means everything. So who cares what's going to happen for you in the future? Like, yeah, Christian, we know you're going to get drafted, but that's in the future. We're worried about right now. And so I think that helps. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of – takes your mind off everything and we're able to focus on the present and you know you see the NFL scouts out there at every practice and it's like well we're able to tune them out because we don't really just see this it's just another guy standing there it's like so we don't really focus on all that and it, it helps us a lot for sure yeah but like especially when you're like at NDSU and you're like expected to do all these things and stuff like that how do you keep focused when you're playing like but fuck university week two and you know yeah. you're by 80 like how are you able to still you know, because you see that trend a lot, especially in the FCS, I feel like, of powerhouse teams kind of, like, giving up on easy games, and then it hurts their stock in the in the playoffs. Yep. So, we, we are, like, you know, our coach, our offensive coordinator says every time, if they're going to keep putting their players out there on that field, then we're going to keep trying to score. So, if we're up by, you know, I think my first game we played Butler in, in Minnesota, and we were up probably by 40 in the first half. And we were like, well, if they're going to keep putting their defense out there, we're going to keep playing. And so, you know, and that's what we, we pride ourselves on. You don't take any opponent lightly because you see all these comebacks and stuff from now on. Can you take your starters out? Well, no, see, we're going to play every rep like it's meaningful. Like we're going to take a few guys out, but we our backups are just as good as our starters. So I yeah. think that's what also helps. So, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that's a big trend, especially like in, in wrestling, they always tell you like, you need to treat your first match like it's the finals. Like, you need to prepare yeah. and mentally, like, 
be ready for this kid to be as good, even though you know he's dog shit. Like, you know you're going to run through your first kid. Like, you need to warm up the same way you'd warm up if you were wrestling the state championship. Like, you need to be, like, the same focus for every single match. And I feel like a lot of kids, including myself, there was times I lost matches just because I was looking at the kid I had next. You know, and you, 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 especially at your level, that could really fuck up, get you way harder routes to finals in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think also that that 2020 COVID year, we've had the most losses that year than we've had in a very long time, and that was why. Because we went out, we played an SIU team who we knew was not as good as us. We, I can tell you right now that Oh, my gosh, I completely forgot about that. Yes. I completely forgot about that. That locker room, that – so leading up to that game, that Friday night when we flew in, we were going through our meetings. Everybody was locked in. It's an, so so you guys played at Southern Illinois? Yep, at okay. Southern Illinois. So at that time, you know, we'd have the longest, like, winning streak, whatever, whatever. So I remember. Gives dude, a I about completely that. fucking forgot about this. Yeah. So we're there. We fly in. Everything's good. It's like a normal game week. Something about that Saturday, it was different. We got out. We warmed up. We saw them. It was like, bro, they're the same fucking SIU team that's trash and they're garbage. Like, so in the in the pregame locker room, it's usually quiet. Those first thirty minutes leading up to kickoff, like before you run out, it's quiet. Like you can hear a pin drop. Nobody's talking. You got your music on, personal music. Like nobody's talking. You don't hear a thing. But there's a lot of hooting and hollering. Everybody's talking about this, this third, and it was like something just doesn't feel right. And sure enough. We went out there. We got our ass kicked, and it didn't show because we weren't. We didn't prepare for them like we did. And they and that's the thing. There's a target on our back every yeah. week. Who wants to beat NDSU? And and uh, freaking SIU, they've got it. They've got it. We were the first team. We ended the streak. We ended. So yeah, dude, I completely fucking forgot about that. It was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. Yes, everyone was like, "Holy shit!" And then they got ranked like. Number two, and they just fucking dropped off throughout the season. Yeah, I yeah. completely forgot yeah. about that. And I mean, it's it hurts for us as players because I'm that I'm part of that that team that lost the streak, and you know we have this big alumni that come back for the national championship game, and we all get to meet with them like in our pregame, and just being able to face them when they ask you about, and it's something that comes out every single year. What happened the SIU game? Are you guys locked in today? Or are you guys going to show out like SIU? And it's like, dang, I was a part of that team that lost a streak to SIU. And I don't think I'll ever live it down from our alumni. But, yeah. I feel like it's kind of needed, though, because, like, with a game like that, you always have something to kind of discredit you, like a chip on your shoulder kind of. Because, like, someone's yeah. always going to be like, oh, well, like, is this going to happen again? But now you have that on your mind. Like, I can never let this happen again. Like, I got to be 10 times better than I was that day. So, like, yes. I feel like it always sucks looking back on it, especially when people ask. But if that never did happen, it was bound to happen against someone else. Yeah. Like, you were bound to have that yep. moment, especially if you were continuing to, like, prepare and act like you guys were at the time. Obviously, you saw how you bounced yeah. back this year, especially. You guys dominated again. Yep. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask, um, I feel like we already touched on it, though. So, you made it to the quarterfinals. You got injured. We talked about bounce back. I'm trying to remember. But. Yeah, real quick, while you think about that, I yeah. like what you said with the target sense. on your back. Like you hear it a lot, and at least in MMA, like when you're the champion, like a lot of people, they win the belt and then they start getting their ass beat and they never want to fight again because they feel like I want it. But like 
when you're the champion, you have to work double as hard because every single fight you have is the hardest. Like when, even if you guys are playing an O and 13 team, they're going to practice that week harder than they practice for any other week throughout the season because of the opportunity to, to do something, you know? So you're, yeah. you guys are always going to get a team at their best. Yeah. So, and, and that's what we talk about all the time. It's like, like you said, we could play an O and 13 team and that one win against us, that could be their national championship. Mm-hmm. that'll make that'll make their whole complete season turn to a different side of the story it flipped the entire page because hey we beat ndsu not very many teams will say they've done that but we did it at one in 12 well but so what we're one in 12 we beat ndsu you didn't i'd use that all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so that's like their national championship NDSU. game right there yeah yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. crazy bro that's crazy now what now now that we're in the off season do you, are you doing like, are you working out with any specific trainer on a specific diet? Like what's your off season look like to keep you like, you know, year round ready. So right now, so these past two off seasons, I've been hindered by some type of injury, but right now, um, you're good now though, from the injury, right? Yeah. So I just had my second surgery back in April to get the plate out my foot. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I just started jogging last week. So we're, we're working back into it. So, it's kind of different now. I usually have a trainer that I'm working with. Um, right now, I'm just lifting at TC and doing some ankle mobility and getting the feeling back in my foot, running and jogging and stuff. We're doing some slight footwork. So a regular off season I haven't typically had yet. So I can't really speak on that. But, you know, just making sure that my body is good right now. I'm doing yoga every morning. Uh, you know, stretching and all that stuff to, to get those small ligaments right so I'm not having to worry about this problem mm-hmm. next year. And so that's basically what I'm doing. Oh, now. I'm a huge, huge, huge believer of like yoga and Pilates, dude. I do a yes. every Sunday morning, I, if I don't have work, I do a mobility day. Yes. Where I'm just, yeah. I have, I'll get, I'll have my back roller, I'll have my PCP pipe, P, PVC pipe. <laughs> I'll have, um, I'll have like the stretch bands. And I'll do shoulder mobility, elbow mobility, wrist mobility, like my, work my back, everything. Like, and I try to preach this to my friends all the time. I'm like, bro, like my trainer, Shane O'Connor at, at uh, Max Performance Sky Athletics in Tampa, Florida, always preaches like taking self-care is just as important as, as lifting weights and getting stronger. And that is something I feel like is going to help my longevity of my career. And it's something that I try to preach to younger kids all the time too. like stretch twice a day, every day, stretch as much as you can roll out as much as you can. Like you can go work out and not have to touch a weight and just get as much, probably you can get more benefits sometimes. Like my mobility yeah. days, it gets all the aches and pains out for the rest of the week. Like, and if I yeah. didn't do them, I, it would cause me closer chance to get injury. And I don't want injury injuries. You're especially when what I do, bro, your, your window of time is this big, you know, you're yeah. blessed that you got, you're a team. So there's other guys that can te- step up and take your spot. But like, if I get hurt, there, uh, no organization's waiting on Grayson Fisher. They're just going to grab the next kid that's just like me and bring him in. Yep. You know, so yep. like, I got to, I got to control my controllables the best I can. If I can avoid injury by being more, being agile and working on mobility, bro, I try to do it as much as possible, as much as possible. And that's what I think. I think that's what the NFL is too. Like it's who can stay healthy the longest. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you find the most success on, on NFL players who can stay healthy and who cares about their body so that they can be prepared and ready for each One million percent. There's a gym that wow. my, my buddy Jesse is a professional grappler. He used to train at in Pittsburgh called Stout PA. And their saying was, it's not about who's the best. It's about who's left. You know, it's yeah. not about who the best is. It's who's still here training, who's still here getting better, who's who's been here for six years, you know. 
And that's something mm-hmm. that when you're younger, you don't think about it like that. You're just like, man, I'm not as good as Johnny. Like, I'm not getting the office he's getting. But then yeah. when you get older, you realize it's like, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing since eighth grade. And although I didn't see it right away, now that I'm in college, I'm levels above kids. Levels. Yep. I jumped kids, mm-hmm. you know? And like my dad and my coaches and my mentors, I'm always like, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And it's so hard because you're looking, I'm looking at these other kids that are getting more success with me and I'm working harder than them or I'm doing things that I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, bro, what the hell? Like, why are they doing this? And four or five years down the road, I've jumped them so much because I've just kept doing the same thing. I never changed. I never, I just kept doing the same steps, kept being on a good diet, kept taking care of my body. And, and in the long run, insane. It, the, the gap is so much different, you know? And there's kids I know now that would mop me in high school and, and MMA. And now I'm levels above them just because I kept yep. doing it. Just consistency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on the Pilates too. I like I like the Pilates. I like, dude. I, I just the one thing for me as I got older, as I realized, is I think it, I don't know about football, but at least in what I do, hip hip strength and hip mobility is the most important thing. I never really like thought about it when I was younger. Like, everything is all like squat, chest, like back, like that's all you do. Like, but dude, I feel like hips are so 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 important, but they get tight yeah, too. Like, your hip flexors are like they get injured a lot, but. That's like if I if I had to say I feel like my core and my hips are my most important things and my lower back, but that's also connected to your hip flexors. For sure. Yep, I agree. Hundred percent. You do a lot. Of, you do a lot of like like do you do stuff that to work on your hips specifically? Yeah. So we I got a nice little little hip workout. I do. Um, I've been doing it probably for about five weeks now. Uh, one of our former NFL player or former uh, NDSU players, um, Chase Morlock. It was something that he came up with, and it, it really gets your hips loosened up and activated. And I think it's helped me tremendously. No, yeah, dude, I'm a, I'm a big fan on that. And, that, and another thing I want to ask: um, so when you jump, obviously as you go levels, you start learning more. What is something that was important and that you guys do a lot in college that you didn't really do that much in high school, and you didn't realize how how big of an impact it truthfully was? I think lifting. You know. Uh, High school, I did not – I was the first one out of there. I did not want to touch a single weight. I thought our lifting coach was crazy, Coach Woods. You know, he played for the Bucks, and he was adamant about getting that weight room. And I was the first one. I'd go sit on the leg machine, and I'd sit there because I was like, you know, I'll make the same move if you make a few noises with it, make it seem like I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. But I think at TC, that was something that we didn't do. We didn't lift very much. We were all of, we're just going to go out there and play. And, you know, you guys lifted. And I think that's something that puts you guys ahead of TC forever. Mm-hmm. And now that I think we got this new gym, hopefully we can start showing that freaking Jesuit's not that much better than us. But Dude, there's a lot of years. Yeah. yeah I thought TC was going to that ass. There's a lot of years. Yeah. So you'd say, you'd say lifting has became very beneficial to success in college football? Yes. Yes. What's that like in at NDSU, like your regimen and like like meals and everything? Like, give us a rundown on what on what all that that's like with coaches and everything. Yeah, so uh, we lift uh, during the season. We lift two times a week, um, but um, you know, this upcoming summer we lift four times a week. Um, we all have different lift groups. They're all in the morning, and we'll have an afternoon run, like four thirty, five thirty. It doesn't get dark in North Dakota until like eleven p.m. For yeah. some reason, the sun is out until 11, so it's weird. But, um, yeah, so we're able to run later, and we lift in the mornings. And that summer workout is a grind. 
uh, it probably is for everywhere across the country, but our strength coaches, he's all about your body weight and all about you need to be this, this, and this. And I think because he's so hard on us, it helps a lot of us later on in life. But, you know, just he cares about the little things. Like if you're off by 0.4, he's going to spaz on your ass mm-hmm. for some odd reason. I don't know why, but he cares. He cares. And I, 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 it shows that he cares. And it comes to the point you don't want dis- to disappoint Coach Kramer. Like it comes to it. You know that you're going to get to lift early just so you can weigh yourself in so you know that you're on point. So you're not making him mad. And I think it's just, it's a crazy lifting schedule that we have, but it separates us from others. So, yeah. What about, so, uh, oh, my bad, Zach, you go. Yeah. So you talked about the sun not going down till like 11 PM. Does that affect with your like sleep schedule at all? Like did that ever bother um, you at first? At first it did. Yes. Cause it was like, you're telling me to go to bed. Like, you know, when you start fall camp, you gotta be up at like 5 AM. And so it's like, you're telling me I got to go to bed. I mean, usually around that time, you're tired anyways. But with the sun still setting around like 1030, 1045, it's like, how can you still go to bed? It's still light outside. And like, it's going to continue to be light outside because it doesn't like fully go all the way down. Like still see parts of the sun, but it's not like pitch black like it is here at freaking six o'clock in Tampa. So it's like different like so you had to get used to that sleeping and I know every time my parents and my little sister comes up there she stays up very late because the sun is still up and she's not used to going to bed when the sun's up so yeah so oh you're talking about how he cares about like y'all's weight a lot and stuff like that are you guys on like a nutritional plan like are they like shoving food down your mouth every every time they can like how's that with the eating and everything so me I came in at at like 140 um and I'm on a seafood diet, which is so like seafood. Like if you see any like type of food laying around, yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to eat it. <laughs> and so that's what that's what he's. I've been on for the last three years. If I see any type of food, eat it. So I'm currently right now like 168. So I've put on a good amount of weight yeah, being good. there. Um, but you know, like I don't want to get too heavy because that speed and it hurts my freaking knees being 170. I got up to like 172 at one point, and my knees felt like they were going to give out. But yeah, so I'm on a seafood diet. We've got some guys that are on like a, we've got a, where's the beef board? So like guys that are supposed to eat more lean stuff so they don't gain like fat. Um, We've got a, where's the six pack? Those are the fat guys that are supposed to be like, you say that you're a linebacker. Well, where the fuck's your six pack, you know, type shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, we have a good nutrition program there and I, you know, they care about us. So they, they check everybody's weights and where we're supposed to be. And they put you on a plan based on that. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have like a nutritionist or anything like that. Like what you're getting in like someone that's on you, but I gained weight so much faster in college than I did in high school. And I think, I think like a big majority of it too, is just growing. Like just, just yeah. turning from a, from a kid to a man. Cause I, I'm not doing anything crazy different now. I, I, way more in tune with my nutrition and stuff. Like I'm, I'm studying, I study that literally every day, bro. I, if I'm on TikTok, it's 95% of the time it's on food or like good foods to put in your body, or it's on certain ways to help injuries. Like I'm always, always, always researching that stuff. Yeah. So I would say that's different, but I wouldn't say like anything, like I'm still doing the same workouts. I'm with the same trainer since I was sophomore in high school. Like nothing's changed, but weight started just grabbing on way easier, like way easier when I got older. Yeah. 
I, I agree with that too. You know, I, I have an unlimited meal plan there, so I'm able to eat whenever I want, but I think now it's, I can eat. I don't even, it's not necessarily that I'm eating more. It's just easy to put on for me. Like, yeah, I think I'm holding on to it better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I feel like we were also like crack babies in high school. Like we literally used to go to school, like what? 8 a.m. Literally yeah. not leave school till like three, four in the afternoon. You usually, if some sports would have a.m. practices, like you'd work out before you'd even go to school. You'd have PE class during school. You'd go to practice right after. You probably have some yeah. workout you do after that and then you get home you eat do your homework go to bed like we did that literally year round yeah like the entire year and now i feel like i feel like the only real difference between now and college is we have so much more downtime but we need that much more time to recover like we do not have the energy we do that we did when we were like 18 and 19 because even like back on the injury thing like when i would get injuries in high school like i would never take physical therapy seriously like i'd be like look i'll bounce back in like two weeks i'll be completely fine i don't need to do these like stretches mobility works and then you get older and especially like for me i had my first injury in college and i didn't do pt and i could really feel what a bad recovery felt like like i feel like it is until you have like your first bad recovery that you really realize like you like your body's not going to recover the same. Like you have to build it back to what it was before injury. Like it's not just going to naturally get there anymore. I feel like that was the biggest wake up call for me. Cause like you have all this energy now you're done, your body's deteriorating and it kind of just goes to shit. But I mean, it goes to show like guys like you, Jalen, like you have to put in the work, like you've had all these injuries, but you have to continue to put in that work. No, I I agree with every fucking thing you just said, Zach. And I like, I like what you talked about. Like when you were younger, because I was the same way. You get injured or like or like you miss a meal or something like nah, I'll be fine tomorrow. Like oh I sprained my ankle I'll be good tomorrow because your body's so young and so fast at, at recovering and I think that also has to go with piggyback with what Jalen was saying like guys in the NFL is who doesn't get hurt you know because then you see a lot of guys like I I'm not gonna name names but I know a lot of my friends like when they they relied on that and then they got to college and they didn't change anything and now they're not playing no more because they're just always hurt and I'm a huge believer that you can avoid most injury with movement and with, with proper stretching and proper stuff like that, but they just don't do it. They're just too lazy, you know? Yep. And also with the time that you were saying, I feel like, first of all, it's absolutely insane to me to think about that. I would go to school at 6 AM work out, go to school and then go to two hour practice and then go to bed at 10 PM. And that was like a normal thing. Like that was just like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to do that. Everyone else is doing it. You know, that's insane. Yeah. To think about. But it's also like, I feel like with the time too is, yeah, we have more downtime, Zach, but I feel like we need it more. Like, like we, yeah. have, I have a job now. Like when you're that young, you don't really have responsibility yet, you know, but now it's like, I have a job. I'm about to do an internship. Like, yeah, I'm only in four classes and I'm only at school four hours a week, but I have other shit I have to do now that I didn't have to do when I was 15, you know? And I feel like that's yeah. another thing as well, especially with football. Cause now you're talking about in high school, it's basically just go to practice every day. And now it's like, you got to be at weight check-ins you got film, you have this, you have that. It's like, it's your life. It, it sucks you in, you know? Yep. Yeah. Now, relating, relating some big, because TC had a very good following. You guys had very good fans. And then what was awesome about TC is you played in a lot of big games. You know, you played Berkeley, you played Jesuit, you played, you played Bergen Catholic. Like you guys played very good teams. Was it, was, is there still something about like Friday night lights that you miss a little, or is there like, you know, you hear it all the time. It's like, that's the last time it's fun before it becomes a business. You know, do you ever, you ever reminisce on that a little? It definitely is the last time it's fun uh, before it comes business for sure. I mean, there's still those fun aspects of college, 
But I think uh, high school was the most fun I've ever had playing football. And I do miss the Friday night lights. And it, it we talk about it all the time because, you know, I went to school, played against Zach. Every time Berkeley plays TC, that whole week, me and Zach are beefing the entire week <laughs> over the smallest stuff. And I mean, it's like, well, when I was there, I, I remember I, I hurdled you type stuff. And I'm yeah. like, bro, like, no, we're still better than y'all. And it's crazy because I'm able to talk about those experiences that we had in college. It makes it more enjoyable to look back at TC and realize how special it was that we did and everything that we had going on. And, you know, I enjoy high school and it was a lot of fun and it was something that if I could go back I would definitely go back oh yeah high school football for sure oh yeah it's like looking at looking at the kids now playing like I went out to TC's practice a few days ago and I was like y'all freaking suck like (laughs) we 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 wouldn't have gone for this stuff if I was here like I'm watching film with the guys running back talking about Hey, I look uh, that looked like you don't. I said, hell no, it don't, bro. You suck. Like you better hit that hole. But yeah, it's stuff. I miss little stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. I coached a high school wrestling team this year, and I was like, you guys are all bums compared to when I was in high school. Like, yeah, it's so different, bro. It's so different. It's so different. But I just think like, obviously, look, playing at North Dakota State, playing in the NFL, that's awesome. But there's just like a uniqueness to high school football. Like going to class in a suit and tie on Friday, like. Yes. you're just focused like everyone's talking about the game everyone's doing this then like you go you I mean if you play on the team you don't go home usually you stay there everyone goes home all the girls get ready for the night like yep. blah, blah, blah. it's like a whole function you know and like and then yes. after the game there's a party like I just feel like that like uniqueness and like and like bringing together of everything you don't get that anymore in college you know it's not the same yeah it's not and you know I think that's also something especially with our schools like we went to big time Tampa schools and it was like the, who's going to the Jesuit game because like freak they're playing whoever they're playing Jefferson whatever who's going to the TC game like it was a religious thing like yeah you wanted to be part of whatever game was big that Friday night and you know us being locked in on Fridays we enjoyed it like I enjoyed seeing all the girls walking around with the, the 22 bussies on their shirt mm-hmm. and I'm like all right you're gonna be at the game tonight type stuff but I mean I don't know how it is for y'all I don't want to see another guy wearing my stuff but um <laughs> <laughs> but you know just you know you've got the academy girls i was like shoot yeah. i'm gonna snap every academy girl so i'm gonna come to the tc game i don't yeah. want them to go to jesuit game i want them to come here dude, so. i think and i think tc played in bigger games though overall because yeah. you guys every because dude like jet i'm look like i i'm not like trying to badmouth jesuit but they they run from everybody they don't they don't play nobody that's why they go that's yeah. why thompson's had a, a undefeated regular season every year they play freaking yep. nobody but you guys were playing I remember my junior year, y'all senior uh, Devin and Bentley senior year. I believe that was your team that was like superstars. Oh no, my sophomore year, my sophomore yes, year, they, they, yeah. that was the team that was like team of destiny. You guys played like CCC, who was ranked first in the state that year. You played Berkeley, who was really high in the state that year. You played Jesuit that year. You played Trinity Catholic that year. You played um, you played another really good public school. Like you, I feel like every every time TC played, it was against a good team. Versus Jesuits playing like Middleton and Spoto every week. Like it's just not, yeah. it's not the same height. Yeah, and I think that was something that, you know, as players, we knew our schedule was hard because we, we were in a great uh, division. 3A was actually hard. Everybody no, no, y'all, Y'all's 3A. bracket with, like, CCC and Berkeley, and then uh, yes. what was you had another school in there that was really good. Uh, Trinity, Trinity Christian, Trinity was, Christian in there. was good, But in the division, there was, like, Fort Meade or something like that, some some school like that. Oh, yeah, I don't remember who it was. It, There's like a, it was like a weird redneck public school in there that was really good too. 
Yes, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, so it was like getting to playoffs, you know, it'd be like, all right, well, the number one seed's a toss-up. Well, if, if we beat Berkeley, CCC beat us, who's going to be number one seed? Yeah. And it was like, well, if you if we're not number one seed, you got a hard road to get to that state semis because mm-hmm. you got to play Berkeley and then you got to come back and play whoever that other team was. And then you got to play CCC. And it was like, well, I, I think we 3A was probably the best football I think you could probably watch. I mean, I think I think you could argue any Florida football is pretty fire to watch. Yeah. No, yes. no, I not one to see that. Yeah, yeah. If you went to see that, because like I found it funny because when y'all were talking about like the game days, like you'd be suit and tie, you'd be ready, like locked in. Like if you were at CDS and you walked around in your skin tight jersey during school, like it, it was a it was a joke. Like that's why like. <laughs> I feel like the biggest thing is like when you go to a competitive environment like TC Jesuit, where like you have every kid locked into the sport, like you make it a competitive environment where like kids want to succeed as compared to like the one, a two way schools where you're like, Oh yeah, we're going to schedule a Helen Keller school to blind and play eight on eight. So we can uh, boost your confidence uh, for algebra. Like, like, come on, like what's the point of even having a program at like a smaller school if you're not going to like buy into it? Like, cause that's what I always hated. Like, like the smaller schools always wanted more sports, but I was like, you're not going to have anyone go and support you. So like, what's the point? Like we had talks of making a lacrosse team. I'm like, we barely have kids show up for our football games and baseball games. Like our biggest sport is women's volleyball and women's basketball. Like that is our epitome. So like, I don't know. It was so hard getting into sports at a smaller school, but I mean, high school is always fun, but I mean, like we said, looking back on it, like, oh, these guys suck compared to when we were there. But we did the same dumbass shit. Oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah. 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 Like, I didn't yeah. I didn't take shit serious. Like, yeah. senior pra- senior practices, like, looking back, like, when I look at seniors now, I'm like, oh, like, y'all aren't serious about going to college. But, like, when I look back at me, like, I didn't give a fuck where I went to college. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, out here, two more hours the rest of the year. Like, I have no more classes. Who gives a shit? But, fuck, yeah. it was, I miss it. I feel like with those smaller private schools, they ha- the only way you see the success is if they're like a sports school. Like at Calvary Christian is a great example. Like ev- they are funding, like they want to be known as like, like we're the best at sports, you know, like that's like their thing. Yep. And and when you get a CDS, like I always talked about it when I transferred there, I did half a season and I quit football. I was like, I'm done with football. Like I lost my love for it. Like unfortunate and it shit happens. Life, so, life I moved on. But I always used to tell the kids, like, we, we got blown out. My what This was, like, one of the final things for me. We got blown out, like, 49-0 to zero game opening game. And then we're at practice the next week, and kids are, like, playing grab ass and, like, making jokes. And I'm like, bro, like, I was like, you guys don't understand. We just got destroyed. Like, we just got blown out. And they're like, oh, that's fine. Because there's no competitive – there's no competition. The kids that are on the team all start because they, there's no backups. There's not enough kids. So there's no competitive yeah. drive. At Jesuit, bro – you could start week one and then get beat out week two and then end up on JV week three. Like there's just yeah. depth. every kid wants it. And it's the same thing at TC. Like there's death scare, you know, and I, it wasn't like that there. And I was just so tired of being surrounded by kids that were content with losing. I was like, I'm done with this shit. Like I'm just going to wrestle. Cause it's all individual. It was all on me. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just like, you guys don't understand. Like we just lost. Like when I was at my, my, my favorite football ever, my entire life, my entire life, there's something I think about all the time. And it's something I reminisce about sometimes was playing at Berkeley. The the way it was ran at Berkeley and the way the professional professionalism of it made me love football. That's when I truthfully fell in love with football, was playing under Sio uh, when I was in middle school, going to the spring games, like spring practices in middle school, like all that. Like I fell in love with it. 
because at practice you didn't talk you didn't, during during stretches the captains would talk and that was it they'd lead the practice you don't talk you do your claps you do your breakdowns then you can go talk when you go do your skills when you're on the bus ride to a game it's dead fucking silent you don't say a word you don't say a single freaking word in the entire bus ride and it was stuff like that and then i go to like jesuit where it's it's very discipline oriented as well um, obviously Thompson had his favorites. So like Malik could do whatever the fuck he wanted guys like that. They could do whatever the yeah. fuck they wanted, but like, that's just part of the culture. But like when I went to Carrollwood day school, it's like, we're fucking around and we just lost 49 to zero. And like, we're on the bus and kids are like screaming at each other, talking about Fortnite. It's like, bro, like this is a, this is a business. Like we need to, we need to be like serious. And it got to the point. I was like, I'm done trying to be everybody's dad. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to do this anymore. I've been on teams with success. I know what it's like. I know what it takes, but like discipline yep. is so important. And you think it's a joke. Like I'm not, I wasn't there. I was, I don't want to be on a team. That's like, Oh, I'm just trying to have fun in high school. I'm trying to play sport. Like, no, I'm trying to win. You know? And that was my thing. And that culture wasn't like that. It was just like, Oh, well, we're just here to play football to have fun. Like, nah, fuck that, bro. I'm here to win. And that was probably, they weren't. And I was like, I'm done with this shit. I don't want to do it no more. Yeah. I mean, you also talk about that 49, nothing game. This is the craziest part to me. We didn't learn till after the fact, like we had to find this out ourselves. We, I remember we would watch and film. We were like, Oh yeah, they're running backs. Like, five like literally five four like small but he's like a muscle hamster and then we started watching highlights and they were running through everyone there they had a star wide receiver named like um ralph lauren like his nickname was like polo boy and i was like what come to find out after the game we're a two-way private school that can't win shit and they thought it'd be a good idea to schedule a 5a state placer last year from texas at Disney World, and they thought yes, that was yeah. a good idea. We got, we got mopped on ESPN. Mo- yeah, we got on mopped ESPN. on ESPN by a Texas 5A state placer against a 2A school where I was playing on. If I'm on any football roster, that should automatically like not count as a football team. That 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 is a problem. And the fact that we played that game, I remember dressing up like feeling like hot shit. Like I was like, oh yeah, I got my tights on. Like I got my drip. Like I'm I'm straight. The moment they jogged out on the field with a Texas flag and an American flag, I was like, it's over. I was like, they have 75 kids. We have 22, and I'm pretty sure our kicker is a sixth grader. Like, yeah, we're dude, done. The, leading up to that game, it was so hype, bro. It was so hype. Like, we are getting interviewed that week because, like, it's like the, it was like the kickoff game for high school football. And it was yep. at Disney Wild World of Sports, and, like, they're interviewing us, like – all of our top players, like all of our top recruited guys, like Ray Woody, Marquise, like all these kids are getting interviewed, like all this stuff. They're like sending us like emails, like showing us where we're going to go. We bust there. Like we get off the bus, there's cameras in our faces. Like you feel like the shit, bro. Like we got our nicest uniforms for that game. Like we go out there, we have a good warm up, and then we just get fucked. They didn't stop them a single drive. They scored on every single drive. They touched the ball every single drive, 490. You know, yeah. This kind of reminds me because you know I don't like talking about this. This uh, that's the same thing that happened to us when we went and played Bergen Catholic. Like, yeah, we had no idea who Bergen Catholic was until we got there. Like, they flew us out to New Jersey and everything. We went no, that was a kickoff game too. I remember that. I remember that. Yes, yeah. We went to see the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty, and they put us on this dinner cruise with their JV JV players. So we're like, all right, these are a bunch of scrubs. Like we're here, we're bigger than most of these kids. No like, all right, way they did that. Put us put us on a dinner cruise with their JV players. So we're talking hot shit. We were like, all right, yeah, we're gonna. We just flew all the way up here to beat their ass. Oh. And I'm telling you, we warmed up first, and you start hearing this roar coming down the street. And I said, what is that? We're looking. Here comes the student section. 
student section fills the stands. It's a whole, it's loud, it's rowdy. I'm like, bro, what? Mm -hmm. This is their student section? Then you hear another roar coming down the street. It's the freaking team. This is the same team we just went on the dinner cruise with. I'm talking about, they're talking about five stars, four stars. I'm like, I didn't know this is who we were playing. And sure enough, just like y'all, they scored every freaking drive. Bro, they honey-dicked the shit out of you guys. It was terrible. They definitely did that on purpose. They one million percent did that on purpose. One million. They were percent. a nationally ranked team. Yeah, nationally no, they were gross, bro. No, and I remember like the hype for it. The hype around it was like, oh, we got the, the number. You guys were number one in three A at the time, I believe. There's like the yeah. number one three A team in the state, and Florida is coming to play the number one team in New Jersey. There was a bunch of hype around that game. I remember, I watched that game. I remember yeah. that it was on a Saturday morning, I believe, right? Saturday morning. Yeah, I remember that. And then you guys got destroyed. But that is. Freaking hilarious. They definitely put the JV team with you on purpose. So y'all thought you were going to big dick them. And then they were like, this is what we're really bringing. Yeah. That is, I'm, I'm talking, that is it awesome. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like, I I think their quarterback ended up being like the starting quarterback for Tennessee or something like that. Their running back ended up playing for uh, Maryland. It was, it was ridiculous. Their team was crazy. Dude, that, that is actually one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. I never knew that. Yeah, their coach literally art of war your ass. Yeah. Literally was like <laughs> you guys are probably like these kids suck. We're about to run it up. Yes, you're like, yes. these are not the these are not the same kids. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. But they have um um what's it called? They have nice facilities there. Their wrestling they team did. is well is 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 renowned, like top five every year. Like their wrestling facility yeah. is unbelievable. But how was it with the football and everything? Uh it looked nice. I mean, it was nicer than TC. Um, you know, I think uh, Catholic schools, I think they just do it better, honestly. You yeah, know, they've got yeah, the funding for money. everything. Yeah. Money. Yeah, it's a lot more money. So I think that's why they're able to stand out where they are. For how sure. was it like for the rest of the season? Like, what was it like riding back from that game? And, like, how was your mindset, like, going practice the next week? Like, were you all able to pretty put I, that behind you pretty quick? Or was it like a fat reality check? It was, it was easy to put behind because once we got back on, I think after that game – I don't remember who it was. Somebody actually Googled who they were and we found out they were a nationally ranked team. And we're like, what the hell are we doing playing a nationally ranked team? Like we never thought that we were, we didn't think we were supposed to be nationally ranked. So we were like, why are we playing them? So I think it was easy to put behind. Um, and, you know, then we got back to, to, um, to Florida and we dominated. So it was like, we didn't really care. It was, I just remember the why are we playing them in the first place? There was so much hype. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, leaving school like that Wednesday and whatnot, it was. Yeah, you left. You left school feeling like a superstar, and you came back like. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about to say that? Um, I was gonna just like change the topic, but outside of football, when you're not in season, do you follow any of the major sports like pretty closely? Yeah, uh, basketball probably the most. Um, I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, so it's not really enjoyable for me to That's follow so basketball. Yeah. yeah how, the, <laughs> how did that happen? This, this um, had to have been Russell Westbrook KD era. Like, yeah, no, that definitely was, when he hopped yes. on the train. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was back in 2008 when they had that big tornado. And, like, seeing what they did for their community at Chesapeake Arena and, like, housing people at the arena and then having a season after that. I kind of fell in love with like what they were doing for their community and their city. And then them being able to make the run with Harden and, and KD and Westbrook and Serge Ibaka. I was, and Stephen Adams, like that was a loaded team, but yeah. couldn't freaking win. And 
you know, that's kind of where I started to like them. And then they kind of fell off. So, but I still, I still root for them. I don't really follow them that much because they suck, but yeah. I mean, you guys have like every first round pick for the next like 10 years. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I, I think you'll be all right. But who do you got? Who do you got winning it now? Right now, see, I was a big uh, Memphis until Jaw got hurt and they got put out. But, you know, I've got Miami winning it. I want Miami to win it just so I can talk so much shit up there and say that Florida is a – we produce <laughs> champions. That's all I really want to say because, you know, oh, we've yeah. got the Lightning, the Bucks. I just want to say we've won three major sports championships, so that's why I want Miami to win. Yeah, see, I'm a – I'm a Boston guy, so I got to root for the Celtics. Uh, um, uh, yeah. I mean, regardless, I, look, look, regardless, guys, we can all agree Golden State's going to be in the finals. Like, it's yeah, going to be Golden State, State versus yeah. the one yeah. the other. Like, there's no shot. Yeah. There's just no shot. Luka can't single handedly do it. Like, he's just. It's, now, I am way happier that the Suns lost to Luka, but the only way Golden State wasn't going to make it is if the, the Suns. Suns. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. What do you all and, think about that, by the way? What do you guys think about. The Suns getting up 2-0 and then just shitting the bed like that. Oh, no. I, I have a Devin Booker jersey. I'm probably not going to put that on for another <laughs> freaking year and a half. I don't know. what. Bro, and he was talking team. so much shit, bro. He was talking so much shit. Yeah. It's crazy. What did, what did Lucas say after that one game? He's like, people love to talk when they're up. Yeah, that's he what he said. said. some yeah, shit yeah, walking yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you, if you hear your opponent say that, and you lose, like, even after he put you in check, he he literally told you, he was like, you think you're tough shit right now just because you're up a game. And then you still allowed him to come back and beat you. Not only yeah. that, your game seven performance was so They dog were down hit. by 41 so at halftime. So bad, bro. bro. It was like, it. there was a point in the game, it was like 85 to 40. I, I'm convinced Chris Paul did something. No, he's cursed. He's cursed. Yeah, he's cursed. To sell his soul. Like, he will always be a point guard, but that man will never win a ring. Bro, that man I'm was convinced. on a filthy Clippers team. Couldn't do it. A filthy Rockets team. Couldn't do it. Was on a pretty solid – he went to uh, – and he didn't go to OKC. What was the other team? Uh, and then this team, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And, and, and like, they have everything. Like, they had it all. But, like, the Devin Booker shit's hilarious because he slaps the ball out of Lucas' hands. Then he does the fake, like, I'm injured thing. And then there's yeah. a picture. There's a picture of them when they're up by by like 45 in the third, and it's just Lucas smiling at Devin Booker, and he's just like trying not to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. It's just like that was just insane, bro. That was literally in fucking insane. Insane. So, Jalen, I know we had the draft uh, recently for NFL. If you had your choice to get drafted by any team, where would you want to go? Uh. You know, I'm going to say this answer because I've had a dream about it, actually. Probably had a dream about this when I was probably about seven or eight, and it's kind of always stuck with me, but the Chargers. I I, I, I want to go to the Chargers. You're dick-riding LT too hard now, bro. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I, I had the dream, and it wasn't even like I was a first round. I was a fourth-round pick. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was a fourth-round pick, and I think the number was like 120-something, so – if that happens, I said it here first, but the Chargers. But I'm a Falcons fan, so, I mean, I'd like to go to Atlanta. Uh, dude, you, where, what's up with your locations, dude? How are you a Falcons fan? Bro, I was I think born in like... Augusta, Georgia. <laughs> he likes the worst fucking teams in every yeah. sport. 
I was born in Georgia, and then I moved to Tampa, and so yeah. What was yeah. your? I'm a Lightning fan. Yeah, no, I, I hope you're a fucking Lightning fan. Yeah, you you need some winning culture in your like fan lifestyle. Yeah. Otherwise, you you <laughs> might literally self destruct at some point. He's become a piece <laughs> of shit person. <laughs> That's why it helps when I play for NDSU. I'm able to. I find confident. I, I whatever the word is. I find I seek shelter in my national. Yeah, yeah. At least your team's good, man. At least the team you play on yeah. is good. No, but there's a lot of good teams at NDSU. Their wrestling team's very good. Their basketball team makes the tournament sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. You're surrounded by by good talent there. But did y'all watch the Lightning game the other night? Yes, bro. Like I watched them religiously. I'm I can actually say I'm a Lightning fan because I watched them. Bro, insane. In fucking yeah, it was insane. a crazy game. Insane. Insane. One second left. Be out there. One second left in the game. Sunday. One yeah. second left. What? Have you been have you been to a lightning game? Yeah, I've been to a few. Yeah. They've been to a lightning playoff game though. Yeah. Not a playoff right. game. I've been yeah. to uh those things they cost too much. I ain't paying for all that. Oh no, they're but, bread. Yeah, they're bread. Um, I've been to a few regular season games. So, so last year I actually went, uh, my friend, our friend, Rachel invited me for game five on the ice at, at the Stanley cup, bro. Most electric and sports environment I've ever been in in my entire life. Better than any football game I've been at and better than any fight I've been at better than any basketball game. Like it was on fucking real. And like, you like are like low key, like a factor in the game. Like you're smacking the freaking glass. Like they're bouncing yeah. into the glass and you're right there. And I'm just the whole time. It's like, like it was, it, it was a one zero game, and it was the most fun game of my entire life. Like it was yes. awesome, dude, awesome. And I try to tell it to my friends down here. I'm like, guys, you don't understand. Hockey is like so underrated. Like hockey is fucking dope. Like I really like hockey. Being at it yeah. too, especially. And like, I'll, like the other day, I remember it's a big Heat fan. And I had the Lightning game on. He's like, bro, what are you doing? The Heat game's about to be on. I was like, it's not on for another hour, and there's a third period left in this game, so I'm gonna fucking watch it. And they're like, you just watch hockey. I'm like, watch this game and tell me it's boring. And then, oh, yeah. then, then that game, that fucking win, and they're like, "Holy shit, that was insane!" I was like, "Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's literally awesome." And there's yeah, some of the yeah. best athletes, bro. Like freaking uh, Vasilevsky, the the goalie, dude. That he's man, crazy. Six three, two forty, and could drop into a full split, into a full fucking crazy. split. That's insane. That's 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 straight athleticism. Yeah. You know, they don't get enough credit. I feel like, and they're freaking tough as shit, bro. Tough as shit. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like for any sport, hockey's got to be the hardest just to pick up because I mean, like you literally have to learn how to ice skate before you can even. Yeah, you have to learn like multiple sports to learn the sport. Yeah, I feel like for yeah. a kid growing up playing football, like you just the moment they start standing, you just start tossing balls at them, and like it'll hit them in the face. But like eventually, like the toddler will learn. Like close your hands. <laughs> you put a toddler on ice skates, like they're just gonna go into a wall or like hit the ground and cry. Like that's just like the only way you're going to go. So I don't even know how you raise a hockey player. I feel like I could raise a baseball or a football player, but I could never raise like a hockey player. Like, I just don't know how the, how the hell you would even start. With I that. think that's a culture thing though. I think it's a culture thing. I think, I think if you go to like where, where Jalen's at or you go to like Minnesota, it's completely different. Like they're, they're, they're yeah. starting young. I feel like it's a culture. Yeah, thing. that's true. I think yeah, it's we're, a culture thing. I, I do think though, I'm like what? Um, 10 minutes from the beach. I think they're freaking savages of human beings. Like let's, let's, let's look at it from like a realistic point of view. We're talking about dudes that are all above six feet. They're all big Russian, Canadian, German, like big ass motherfuckers. Okay. And they are four inches taller on skates. So they're even bigger and they are jamming into each other and like fighting. 
and then they get one day rest and then they do it again the next day. You know, they're not getting weeks off for football games. Yeah. Like they're not like they're doing it the like the next day. And it, yep. it's it's freaking crazy, bro. It's crazy. And also I heard, you know, like, look, let's be honest. There's like, I wouldn't call it hazing, but there's like, like fucking around when you're growing up. Like when you're a freshman on varsity, you're, you're the one cleaning up practice. Like you're doing all this shit. Like, you know, like when wrestling, I, when I was a freshman on varsity, I had to clean the mats every day. Me and Angel Dominguez, the only two freshmen on varsity, we had to clean the mats before and after practice every single day. Like, it's just like part of the seniority part of like, like, like the jokingness. But I heard hockey hazing is hell. I heard it is brutal. I have a friend. I'm not going to name him. I have a friend. He's from Minnesota. And he was a freshman on varsity. And they used to, in in between his toes, give him paper cuts and then put pouches there. So during practice, he'd be like buzzing his ass off. Yeah. I've heard of pros doing that like on their own. But to do that to someone, that is insane. Dude, they are just fucking – they are a different breed of human to play hockey. You have, you just have to be. I just feel like you have to. Oh, be. Sure. yeah. Here's what I wanted to ask, Jalen. If football adopted hockey's rule or they allowed fighting, would you be the guy to press the issue, or do you, or would you buck at all? Uh, I'm, I'm pressing the issue for sure. I mean, <laughs> them fall camps. I'm going crazy. I, I don't know how many times I've fought in, in fall camps. Because, you know, I'm a smaller back, so I get tried a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's like, bro, like, why are you Why are you just hitting me like that, bro? Like, we, we, you know, we finna be at this. It's hot, bro. Like, there's no reason for that. Like, what gratification that give you? So, I'm definitely, I'm definitely pressing the issue. I'm willing to fight at all costs. I got short man, little man syndrome. So, <laughs> come at me if you want. So, so, this is my, this is my, my take on this. I think in every pro sport, it should be legal to fight if both parties consent. If they both consent, like right there, they want to fight. So here's 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 what I mean by that. You can't have a freaking defensive end just beating the shit out of a punter. Like you just you just can't do that. Like yeah, that, just, that yeah, just can't yeah. happen. But if a wide receiver in corner talking shit and the refs like, yo, you, you consent, you consent, they're both like, yeah, let's throw down. They should get 15 seconds to brawl. They should. Like and and I I think it's dope because you see it would stop flops flops in sports are gone that would they would die they would die and also guys would stop talking shit that only talk shit because they know they can't get beat up am I wrong nope. am I wrong nope. like like all these dudes that try LeBron if LeBron can fucking fight them they're gonna shut the fuck <laughs> up they're gonna stop <laughs> talking they're no longer want the beef the beef's gone it's gone they don't want it no more you know what I mean and 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 nope. dude I think it's like and like I was talking to my roommates about this and they're like. Well, baseball players aren't fighters. Like soccer players aren't fighters. I completely agree. But then, why are you talking like you are? If you should, if you can, if you're a grown ass adult. You're a grown man. If you and another grown man in your sport have beef, and you both agree, like you tell an ump, you tell a ref, yeah, I consent, I consent. You should be able to throw hands for 15 seconds. Not like yep. MMA, like go into a brawl, but you should be able to throw hands for 15 seconds. They do it in yeah. hockey, and it's freaking awesome. What, what was it? Who fought? It was Andre Johnson, and they were playing the Titans. And I can't remember the cornerback's name for the Titans, but I remember Andre Johnson beating the shit out of this man. Literally, yeah. like, didn't give a fuck, was just punching him in the helmet. And I'm like, bro, he definitely doesn't feel that. But ended up getting him suspended for the rest of the game. And I think that was during Johnson's, like, prime 09 year when he was, like, putting up dummy numbers. So, like, you see in yeah. other sports, like, you get in trouble for fighting. But then in hockey, it's like, up, oh, yep, for like the seventh time it's, in the you last get, you week. You a two-minute penalty box. Yeah, this guy's 
in the fucking penalty box for five minutes because he just knocked this guy's tooth out and he's unconscious and we got to call him the fucking Zamboni hospital to roll him off. Like that, like, I feel like fans like to see that shit. Like we like to see like the emotions of the game. Cause like, yeah, especially in a playoff environment, like it makes the game so much more interesting when like after every whistle stoppage, they're in their face, shoving each other. Like you can see they're fucking getting in each other's face. Like the tension's there. And I feel like when the tension's there in sports, the hype is there. So, like, if you can get guys chirping at each other, like, we see it in college football a lot. Anytime there's, like, the rivalry game between Ohio State and Michigan, like, when they're in the tunnel, they're literally in each other's face. They're screaming at each other. They're letting each other hear it. Like, that's what we love. But, like, we just don't get that, like, violent aspect across all sports. Like, we'll get it. We'll we'll get their time for it, like, pregame stuff. But I feel like hockey's the only one where, like, they nail that home, that, like, in-game, like, just violence. Just think you should. I, I'm just, I know, and I know I come from a violent sport, so my opinion might be different. But like, I, if two grown ass men agree to fight, they should be allowed to fight. Like, they, sh- you, they should be allowed to fight. I, I really think so. I really think so. I agree. Yep. Yep. And, and if sure. you, and if, and if you're one of these dudes that talk a lot of shit and then someone's like, let's fight and you say no, you're going to stop talking shit because everybody's <laughs> going to expose your ass. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, who was it when? When Richard Sherman uh, bitch slapped Taylor Lemon. Oh no no no! It was uh, it was it wasn't Sherman. It was Josh Norman. Oh yeah, Josh Josh Norman, Norman and Taylor and Taylor Lewan. Yeah, bitch slapped Taylor Lewan. Like bro, Taylor Lewan is like a big ass dude. Six like, eight wanna... three twenty. Yeah yeah no shot. Yeah, you don't stand a chance. Like why why are you trying that? He didn't even try why to fight him back. Trying? He just like bumped into him and knocked him back like ten feet. Bro, he gave him like two finger points from like two <laughs> feet away, and and Joshua was like, "Fuck you, doing?" Uh, uh, Yo, but like, there's it comes to it. a point where like that dude's just so big. Like, why are you even trying to fight him? Like, like yeah, yeah. You, you might be in the wrong. Just take your L there, bro. Like, there's no like you're not getting anything out of that. See, but that's another thing. Like, if you allow like people like Taylor Lindenbaum and Tristan Wirfs, who are NCAA state wrestlers, to like fight another man they're literally just gonna like toss him to the side like throw him but across that the would like, be awesome that would be oh. awesome are you kidding me that oh would yeah be awesome <laughs> you're telling me if we're watching the super bowl and tristan Wirfs just blast doubles a middle linebacker down the field you wouldn't be like let's fucking go like that would be awesome yeah i mean i would way rather see like aaron donald like ice skating style like a five like a five-five running back, just like lift them into the air and just see how far they fly. Like that would be entertaining for me. But obviously, like, gotta have those weight classes of fights. Like, would you allow an O lineman to fight a safety, or would you only allow O lineman to fight like D lineman? Okay, but let's be real. You don't think Jalen Ramsey would want the smoke against an O lineman? You don't think he would consent? Oh, to J- okay, okay. There are some black Air Force energy yeah. players in the NFL. Like who who just got picked from Georgia? Pickens, uh, uh, the AFC North. Pickens, Pickens, George Pickens. Pickens. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that man that man is yeah. guaranteed. Like I see all the TikTok comments. Like he's either getting suspended week four or he's an All Pro receiver by the end of the season. Like th- those are your only two factors. Like there are certain players where you have to put an asterisk on them because they are literally going to be a menace to society. You know, same with Trevor game. Penning, the UNI, the UNI offensive tackle. Same thing. Oh. Same thing. Yeah, like you just have your menaces on the field. But I feel like like you, you see it across all sports. Like in hockey, we have the goon, the guy specifically put out there to be the enforcer. But like I feel like we have some of those in basketball, not so much because they kind of took out like the hand checking and stuff. Like you really can't do anything to someone without getting a flagrant. 
But I mean, in football, you still have your enforcers. Like you have your hard hitting safeties. You have your mm-hmm. linebackers over the middle. Obviously, they're trying to cut back on CTE. But they're trying like, to cut back. Have, I don't think they're gonna ever fucking cut back from CTE. I mean, dude, players are just too good. I mean, you like the only difference between us and rugby is like they're way more content with like form tackling. In football, you literally just have guys like light each other up, like helmet yeah, to helmet. Yeah. Like they didn't care. Yeah, like how many. How many times do you say in practice do you get get popped where like your head's like ringing a little bit? Because I remember high school for me, it was like literally every other play. I was like, wow, my head really fucking hurts right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I think as a freshman, it happened more. But now that I'm like an upperclassman, it doesn't happen as much. But that freshman year, it was definitely like every other play for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jalen, just want to thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time. I know we, we ran a little bit longer than expected. Oh, no, it's all good. But hey, it was awesome to hear from you, bro. Uh, we're definitely going to keep up. We'd love to get you on more, especially if we could try to get something during yes. the season after a big game or something like that. And uh, maybe yeah. me and Zach will try to find a way to get up there for a big game, too. It'd be kind of fire. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Appreciate y'all having me. No, of course, dude. We'll keep course, you posted man. with everything, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yep. Yeah.